Welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Corey. And I'm Shanik. And we're so glad that you tuned in this week. Please leave a review if you haven't already. Share it on your social network. Share it in text messaging. We're almost at 6,000 downloads, so thank you. Yeah, and Corey was just telling me this morning that a lot of you have actually reached out to him uh, to let him know how uh, much you love the podcast. And so if that is really true, man, share it just a few more times this maybe, week. Maybe Shanik needs some affirmation, so reach I out to him. I need some affirmation too. <laughs> he definitely. What's the question of the week this week? Question of the week. What's the one thing that people misunderstand the most about you? Man, I I we, I was given a week to, to think about this <laughs> question. And I there's so many things that people misunderstand about me. I think the biggest thing is how crazy I am. It's actually one of those like triggers for me is when people tell my wife, man, God bless you for having to put up with Corey as if people really know me. The, the real, the reality is, is I'm not as crazy as people think I am. Yeah, I am. I am pretty crazy, but I'm not like that in all the time. Actually, I don't even know how to describe this. I'm a lot, I, I guard myself pretty well with people. So I think, I think that's probably what it is or, or probably something along the lines of like, people can't believe that I'm a pastor cause I'm so crazy. And again, I think they just misunderstand totally. Yeah. Or they just see you in those moments where you're around people that you really know and love and you know that they love you. So you can be a little bit more free maybe, but yeah, there's a lot. I could go in a lot in this. Maybe we'll save it. <laughs> I don't feel like getting that vulnerable right now. You don't? Okay. I was going to say a few things, but I'll uh, I'll keep quiet. I'll you save can say it, it for when you want to go there. You can say it. Let's go there. No, it's okay. I do want to go there. You do want to go there? Yeah, let's go there. Say it. Well, because you say people have this misunderstanding that, you know, that you're crazy, but you think that, man, maybe I'm really not and all this, but I'm actually frustrated because there's sometimes where you have a lot of energy and you act crazy. Yes. But we'll like go out like to a party or a place where I feel like you should bring that energy and you are like lame, bro. Mm -hmm. And you know that, mm -hmm. that I've said that about you multiple I'm times. I'm actually way more introverted than people know. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's one thing that people misunderstand you. You're way more introverted than I'm people know. I'm an introverted know. extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Probably whatever. That, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're way more, you're an extrovert, but you're like times two when you're in a room of people you don't know. Oh, if I'm in a room of, with people I don't know, yeah, I like light up. Yeah, I go hide in the corner. <laughs> you do. Uh huh. I'm you only. Have to, that's so funny. Yeah. You mm -hmm. have to know people and know that people know you to yeah. loosen up. Like, I don't know. I actually get more loose when I'm around people that I don't know, which actually that leads into, I think, the thing that people misunderstand about me the most. Honestly, that's why I don't even tell most people that I'm a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even tell you this yet, but. This guy came and closed my pool yesterday off the re recommendation that you gave me. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him and he was mentioning the building behind my house. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's the church that Corey and I pastor. And he's like, oh, Corey's a pastor. And I'm like, oh shoot, I ruined it. Because none of us liked like to let that information Thanks, out bro. to a lot of yeah. people. Because um, we don't want people to have unfair criticisms of us well, and judge us, judge us because we are, um, we're pastors. And then they think they have to act different around me. I will say that this guy that closed the pool, he's like, oh, well, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. But man, cause man, Corey is like, man, he's just an awesome dude. He's oh, a he good dude. So yeah, it makes sense that he's a pastor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> But that whole idea of because when people here were pastors, the misunderstanding that I feel like I get the most is that 
people think that I should have all the answers that mm-hmm. I should know everything about the depths of the mysteries of God, because I'm a pastor. They think that I might have the ultimate answer to any question that they have. And that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest. And, but people think that I carry something that everyone has the access to. It's just called life in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the spirit and everyone can access the spirit. We have the mind of Christ. It's not like I have anything that another believer does not have, mm-hmm. but they expect me to be different or have something different for them. And man, I just get frustrated at that. What about this? We'll, we'll stay here because I, this is bringing up so many wounds. <laughs> How about when you get the whole thing of like people start acting different once they do find out you're a pastor or they'll cuss and then they'll be like, oh, sorry to you or to me. This happened the other night. We were out with somebody. I'm not going to say their name. You know them very well. And and she said a joke and then cussed in it. And it was like, oh, sorry. I know I shouldn't cuss around a pastor. And I'm like, I, what? Like, why is that? And when people, I I have to guard myself too. I I cuss like a sailor. I, we could probably talk about cussing for me, but I don't cuss around specific people because that reason they're like, oh, pastor shouldn't cuss like that. And I get it. It is what it is. But yeah. Yeah. But also just since you brought that up, also feel like sometimes we might actually cuss just to prove something when the cuss word might not have been appropriate to use, but I'll do the same thing. Someone will say, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have used that word around you. And then I feel like I have to say, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Just to prove that I'm okay with cussing, I have to cuss. I don't like to do that, but sometimes yeah. I do that. <laughs> People get such a weird facade just, uh, around Christian. Or, or this, oh, pastor shouldn't act like that or pastor shouldn't say that. Usually I hear that from Christians. Why is there a, a differential in, is that a word? Why is there, I just made up a word or said it wrong. A difference. Why is there a difference between pastors and Christians? Like there, there shouldn't be. Like the standard is the same for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody. And, and rant. And this I, brought up we could we could go we could go to a lot of places with this. Yeah. Do you want to? Um let's not because I think the topic that we have today, we're actually going to get in, into the maybe some heavy stuff today just because it is around this idea of disappointment and we want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, um we're going to be vulnerable and we're probably not going to give many answers. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's good. But I think this all stems from last week we had J- Jamie Englehart come in and he had this uh, incredible message, great message. And it was all around Galatians 6, 9. And Galatians 6, 9 says, um, do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And I know we said in that a lot and we try to encourage one another in that a lot because I just feel like, yeah, there has been a lot of disappointments in our life and in our time as pastor where we, we just feel some frustration in that. And it's good to be encouraged to not give up, to keep going, keep doing what you're doing, look at the change you are. But at the same time, man, I've been sitting in a lot of disappointment lately and Mm -hmm. I feel like we both have a little bit. So we thought we would just spend some time on today's podcast talking about it. Yeah. So this might be just for Shannon and I to get some healing, maybe even just to verbalize some of our frustrations. Again, there might not, we might not bring this full circle. We just felt it was really important for you to 
be in, in our world of recognizing that we deal with disappointments and sometimes we sit in it and sometimes yeah. we also don't know how to get out of it because I was listening to Jamie's sermon and it was like one of those sermons that's like for me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've also heard it so many times and I live by Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary, don't grow weary, don't give up, don't give up, all that stuff. And I remember sitting in the auditorium, just listening and being like, well, I freaking want to give up and I am weary and I don't care about trying to fix it right now. I just want to sit in this. I'm discouraged. I'm disappointed. A lot of unmet expectations in a lot of different areas of my life. And I don't, I don't want to listen to this message. I don't, I don't, I, I want, I am weary and I want to give up. Right. And that's kind of like where I'm even currently at in a lot of areas. So. Right. And so let's just start off with just a running definition for disappointment. And disappointment is just, it's a a failure to satisfy the hope or some expectation that you have. And I was actually uh, on Facebook earlier today and our friend Josh Sousa actually put a picture. I don't know if you saw it this morning, Mm -hmm. but it's exactly what we're talking about on the podcast in real big letters. It just says frustration and frustration is the distance between your expectation and reality, Hmm. right? And the further the distance between expectation and reality, the greater the frustration. And so I think, you know, with disappointment, that's where that frustration piece kind of gets there for me because there's some unmet expectation, which then leads to frustration. And then I just get disappointed. Mm -hmm. And And unmet expectation is real. And I would actually argue like in the right state of mind that unmet expectation is probably the root of every issue you deal with. Like I think every issue Forbes magazine released the top two issues of why people get divorced in right. like 2018. Number one was over finances. Number two was over sex. And I would argue that those are neither right. It's unmet expectation around, around finances, finances and unmet around, expectations around yeah, sex. sex. And it's like, so every problem or people I'm learning even in counseling that it's not about addressing the problem or coming up with a solution for the problem. It's addressing the root of that problem. And I think unmet expectation is probably the root of everybody's frustration, everybody's disappointment. And although you can recognize it, it's easy to recognize the root, but it's not often easy to overcome that or to deal with it. And that's kind of even where I'm sitting in right now is I know that my disappointments come from unmet expectations around these specific things, which we'll talk about and be open about here in a minute. But I also am sitting in this and allowing myself to sit in this and recognizing that, yeah, I don't want to work to dig my way out of these disappointments right now. Like I'm pissed off. Right. And (laughs) yeah. And also like sometimes if we felt like we could work a little more or a little harder, we probably would to change the situation. But it's like we've been doing that Mm -hmm. for a decade now. And have we really seen the change that we want? So then man, there's what, what, what is this lie that we're believing that maybe if I work a little bit harder, work a little bit more or whatever the case may be, the outcome might be different. And so that's the, the, the disappointment. And that's where I got to be very careful because I can look at something and be like, well, it doesn't matter if I give 50% of me or a hundred percent of me, the outcome is going to be the same. Mm -hmm. So why not choose the 50%? Mm -hmm. And so I really got to guard against that and against the drive and my drive or what I actually put into what I do, because I still want to do things with excellence. I still want to do things that honor God and the gifts that he gave me. But then, yeah, but there is that disappointment of, 
Why? Yeah. Why, why put in the extra effort if the outcome is going to be the same? Because we've had, we've had church disappointments and then we've had people that we've paid money to come in to help us try to find solutions to our disappointments. And you get really excited for about a, a month. You change some of the things up and then you still experience the same disappointments right. in the church world. Right. And so any other area, yeah, I believe in disciplines. I'm a di- very disciplined human being. And I believe that gratitude and gratefulness can often change your perspective on your disciplines. But what do you do when you don't even want to focus on your gratefulness because you're just pissed off about dealing with your disappointments? And so last week we're, we started this TLP. Explain what TLP is. Yeah. So I'm calling it the Tackett Leadership Program. And mm-hmm. uh, there is a licensed therapist in our area. She studied under John Townsend. Uh, that dude and Dr. Henry Cloud wrote the book Boundaries. They've written some other leadership books, but they put together this program, if you will, or this model where they help leaders um, just with their emotional health and to make sure that they are the best version of them mm-hmm. so that they can bring that to the table, to the workplaces to their employees or whatever. And so she's been doing this kind of around the country. She's been doing it in other churches. She is local though. Um, And I've went through a program with her for me personally. And I thought, man, it would be great if our team and our staff could get these resources and tools that, that I have been getting. And so uh, we started just, just this past month with these TLP days once a month, and we're going to do it for nine months. And, and just really, because we've went through a lot over Mm -hmm. the last year, year and a half, especially in the church world, especially through COVID with all the change with people leaving new people coming in. And there's this always like, you know, the cynicism that wants to come in. There's the emotional hurt you got to deal with, you know, cause when, when people just maybe stop coming, it's like, we feel a little bit maybe even of abandonment mm-hmm. and there is that rejection piece. Like maybe I wasn't good enough or we weren't good enough. And so we got to guard ourselves with all of that. And so, yeah, that's what TLP is helping us do yep. to make sure we as a team and us as leaders in ministry in this place at Hill city, that, that we're just getting emotionally healthy, yeah. I guess, if you will. And for us, I don't feel like our team based on, so we had this TLP last Tuesday and based on the things that were shared among the staff, I don't think we have, to deal with like not being honest because I think all of us were very honest about our past, about stuff that we're struggling with and dealing with. And so we definitely have a safe place to deal with that. I think for me is actually having to go through dealing with it. And so we we sat down, she put a bunch of cards out on the table and they were all pictures. They all, and, and the, and she said, pick the card that represents where you are emotionally right now. And so, you know, you're looking through all the cards and I picked this card of a rusted tipped over like cruise line ship, like half sunk in a bay. And that's honestly how I feel right now. Still, even though dealing with the counseling session last week was great and I really enjoyed it and I'm excited about what else I'm going to you know, bring to this surface and deal with my own mental health stuff. But that ship honestly perfectly represented me in this moment because here's the reality. Here's some of my disappointments. Specific, most of my disappointments are around church ministry and church culture. I feel like what we do as a staff in Hill City is amazing. It's excellent. We have an extremely talented team from top to bottom, um, from children's ministry and kids ministry to our worship, worship production. amazing production. Our preaching I mean, team. Cody, Pursue Media, we have a professional grade videography, photo, photography, all this stuff. 
design in-house. Our teaching team, we have phenomenal teachers, well-studied teachers, uh, easy-to-listen-to teachers, non-boring teachers, which is a, a big deal. Um, we have teachers that help you critically think and whatnot. And so I, I think our church is freaking amazing. But my background is only mega church, and so sometimes I had some expectations for this place over the last nine years, and they're not met. Yeah, or specifically, I think around are you talking around growth, not just growth, but yeah, it, growth deals with impact. Well, because we've talked about and we've been told our whole lives, you know, um, something alive continues to grow. Yeah, and so when you don't necessarily see the growth and for us sometimes easily it's seen through the amount of people that are showing up and getting involved and 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 being a part right yeah and i'm not talking about oh huge growth but growth mm -hmm. like i don't have unrealistic realistic expectations of growth for here at hill city but i would like to see growth and from my perspective i know that that life is busy and crazy and whatnot it just doesn't seem like it has been at least it hasn't met my expectation. So there's a lot of disappointment in that. And there's disappointment then in myself. There's disappointment in, okay, what are we doing wrong? Do we need... And that's just one area yeah. of, of my life. I mean, there's a lot of other areas of disappointments with relationships and friendships. Even in, in my marriage, there are certain aspects that of unmet expectations that, that happen. And I'm a words of affirmations guy. And Julie wouldn't mind me sharing this, but like, it's the one area where she lacks she's amazing i'm super grateful to be married to this woman but the words of affirmation i don't i don't get it at home as often she does a, she does but i'm like that needy person it's my love language and so it's not being met fully and it's like hey I, I need to know like how well i'm doing here and here and she's like i told you that, like yesterday i'm like yeah i'm like a gas tank that gets hits empty three times a day and i need to be full like i'm, I'm a meal i need to be eaten three times a day <laughs> pun intended whatever <laughs> But you know, so like you, you deal with that frustration and you deal with the lack of affirmment and, um, or affirmation and in er every area. And so I try to perfect even my craft and skill and that there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it that nobody sees. And I'm not looking for the applause of, oh, look at how amazing you are. But there is a lack of affirmation in a lot of different areas. So you get disappointed. Right. I yeah. feel like I'm just rambling. No, it's okay. No, it, it, it's all making sense to me because I get it and I get that world. I live in that world myself. And I would say for me, I'm not necessarily disappointed as much in people as I am. I feel like disappointed in myself because I want there to be an expression of the church that is different. That is truly, um, I'll just call it God honoring. And yet at the same time, helping set people free from religion, even if it's the religion of checking off a box, coming to Sunday morning services. And I want the church experience to grow, to thrive. I want people um, to just truly grasp their identity. And so that's, that's the frustration for me behind growth. But the disappointment I said was on myself mostly because at the end of the day, if I'm not happy or satisfied with, with how I feel like maybe the church is going, I am the leader of this. So in mm -hmm. essence, I'm disappointed in myself because it's only my fault. I'm the only one to blame in this. That's and a lie, so, but I get, I get it. It's heard. It's valid. Yeah. And so 
that's, that's just what I sit with mm -hmm. and what I think through. And when there isn't growth, you know, and maybe it's cause I was ingrained with the whole, you know, John Maxwell's models of leadership and all of that. And, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. So if we're thinking or perceiving that we're falling, not rising, then that's on me as the leader. And mm -hmm. so then I'm disappointed in myself. Maybe there's something else I could do. Maybe I could work more. Maybe I could reach out more. Maybe I could set up some different system. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's disappointment in myself, probably mostly. Yeah. And for us, this is our world, the church world. And so we get disappointed with unmet expectations in the church world and it does affect other areas. And we recognize that it shouldn't, but it does. And we don't oftentimes know how to get out of that. So that's like, we're just talking right now. We don't really have notes. We're just talking about our feelings right now. And I recognize that feelings aren't facts. I have to believe what I preach, but I still want to sit in this. And I still like, what the frick, you know, like yeah. I am weary and I, I feel like quitting all the time. And I'm super frustrated yeah. with how certain things pan out. And I know that the answer is not just to go someplace else because I believe in being rooted and I believe in dealing with this and there are some things about being here at Hill City that I wouldn't give up a better paycheck for. Like my quality of life is amazing, but at the same time, there's disappointments. And so I'm still navigating right now how to deal with that because it's been a couple of years of disappointments that kind of like, now that I'm addressing some of these mental health issues and trying to get to some roots of the problems, they're all at the surface and it's hard to just overcome it immediately. And so, yeah. Yeah. And that's the normal, you know, Christian response. Yeah. Just overcome it by faith and all this stuff, but no, it's a process. And that's what we believe in, you know, in this place that there's a lot of things that we go through and that we have to deal with and overcoming is not sometimes a quick thing. It's not a suddenly thing. It's a lifetime thing Yeah, that it's a process. And I do think it's okay that we're talking about this because I think a lot of people can relate. I think there's a lot of our listeners that are out there and probably sitting in some, some disappointment of their own, whether yeah. it is in their job or their marriage or their friendship or their, whatever it is in life. Um, but I think we can give some encouragement around like conquering the spirit of disappointment. Maybe. I mean, these again are just written down things of like, yeah, these work, but I'm not doing them. <laughs> like Brian Houston has a quote. He says, no matter what happens to you in life, never develop a wounded spirit but I feel right. like I've developed a wounded, wounded spirit. spirit. Yeah. <laughs> or John no, Bevere says what you focus on becomes your source of direction. And if your focus is off course long enough, it becomes your destination. Bam. That's a dagger to the heart. Right. Cause that's where you're at right now. Yeah, it you're is. You're living in that destination. Yeah. I mean, destination addiction, which is something that I try to overcome. Destination addiction is the idea that happiness is always found in the next season or yeah. the next big thing. Yeah. And I, I, do believe that I've done a good job yeah. of conquering this. That that honestly is probably what has helped me the most because I would be that guy that said, oh, well, when our, you know, church is a something, certain number, then I'll be happy. When yeah. we have a certain number of volunteers, yeah, I don't then even I'll care be happy. about that. And then, but even, okay, but even in life, when, I, when my bank account hits a certain number, sure. then I'll be happy. When I hit retirement, then I can start living. When I, yeah, it's all that we think when something is going to happen, then will be happy, satisfied, joy, you yeah. know, joyful, whatever. And recognizing, dang it, I'm falling for that. Like I, yeah. I'm falling prey to that. And I got to guard myself against that. No, I need to choose to be happy today. Mm -hmm. 
and we do a good job, but we still yeah. struggle with this. And so that's why yeah. we're just being open and honest. Like, again, we don't have solutions. We are just letting you know that this is kind of the spirit of, of disappointment that we're currently in, um, wrestling with, and we will overcome it. Absolutely. Yeah. We will, but we wanted to be open and honest, let you know that we struggle with this too. And there's plenty of examples all throughout the Bible of people wanting to give up. I mean, Adam and Eve, they fled the garden. You talked about this this past week. Right. Um, Moses, after he killed a dude, what'd he do? He fled. Yep. <laughs> Literally killed a guy. At least you haven't killed a guy, hopefully. <laughs> he fled. Uh, David says in Psalm 55, six through eight, that he wants to flee far away. You know, he was in his, I mean, if you look at the Psalms, I love the Psalms just because um, they're not necessarily mandates to live by. They're expressions, expressions of people's yeah. emotions. Right. And you see the ups and downs. Oh, yeah. One minute he's wanting to dance before the Lord and rejoice and shout. The next minute he's, oh, you're, you know, all the all my enemies have surrounded me. I'm defeated. dying. I'm defeated. Take me, Lord, yeah. now. Like yeah. all this bull crap. Yeah. And the, ro the emotional roller coaster. The emotion that I is actually the am encouraged by that. Kind yeah. of encouraged right now. Jonah fled, right? He, he fled. Mm -hmm. uh, Elijah in 1 Kings 19 flees Jezebel. Is it enough is what he's quoted as saying. And just a chapter after Elijah's mountaintop experience, he's running scared of Jezebel because he's carrying a spirit of disappointment. That's like a challenge, like crap. Yeah. And then, and then a really big one would be John the Baptist. One here of my he favorite is. ones. Yeah. Here he is. He baptizes Jesus. He sees Jesus coming over like the mountain to get baptized in the Jordan you know, he says, uh, behold, or look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he recognizes Jesus in this moment, right? They're cousins too. So they met when they were babies in the womb and all that story, but they met when they were babies in the womb. That's they impressive. did, didn't they? Like John, like leaped. I mean, they, Jesus they probably grew together. up together. They I was just making Gosh, fun dang of it. They didn't meet. Okay. <laughs> they were, they did life together for a long time, yeah. but he still recognized here's Jesus and he is the Lamb of God. And he came to take away the sin of the world. And he's all excited and Jesus comes. He's like, I'm not even fit to untie your sandal, but let's go. Jesus says, you have to baptize me. He has this moment with Jesus. And then just a few chapters later, he's sitting in a jail cell. I mean, it's probably a few chapters later, but there's a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, maybe six months, maybe. but what's a long time for you? I don't know. Maybe a year or two. Yeah. Maybe I mean, two it's weeks. Definitely less than three years of Jesus' ministry was <laughs> I three years long. Yeah. So, so I don't know. It's not a long time to me. Who knows? But- I'm just going to say whatever, a few chapters later. He's in prison and he's about yeah, to die. He's in jail and he's in this cell. And then he basically sends a couple of his disciples, hey, go ask Jesus if he really is the one. And it's just like, man, he's in this season where he's disappointed. And he thought, man, we were going to be like freaking rock stars, rocking it, overthrowing Rome. Like, man, I saw the parties. I unmet saw, expectations. Yeah, it's all unmet expectations because here he is rotting away in a jail, getting ready to be killed, mm -hmm. beheaded. And he's like, wow, I didn't think this is how that would turn out after I met Jesus. Jesus, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even the disciples fled after Jesus was arrested. You have, you have countless pictures of people fleeing. And here's Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary. Just keep going. Don't give up. But we're weary and we want to give up. Right. So <laughs> I, I think too, for me, um, sometimes, you know, it feels like this life and sometimes what we go through, it feels hard and heavy, right? That's where like that Matthew 11 comes in where I talk about a lot, how Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and, and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He's talking about people trying to live up to the old covenant, 
and the Mosaic system, and there's rest in a relationship with Jesus. But it goes on to say, for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I've even been wrestling a lot over the last decade. There's a lot of seasons where I'm like, God, this is not easy and not light. Matter Mm -hmm. of fact, this is hard and this is freaking heavy and I'm tired. And I don't think this is what you wanted for us. And so that's also that tension I live Mm -hmm. in where I I want everything we do to connect people to life. And if it's hard and heavy, maybe it isn't of Jesus, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. And sometimes we carry things that we're not supposed to carry. So we make it hard and heavy. But I get it. I, I don't want to sit here and be like, hey, you shouldn't carry this or let me encourage you because the reality is is it's hard. It feels hard and heavy, even if feelings aren't facts. So join us next week as we conquer it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's okay. I think hopefully yeah. you were encouraged by this episode, the ones that are listening right now, in that you know you can set in that disappointment. It's real. You can feel it. And we don't want you know to always be the ones that are saying to you, oh, you know, life is all peachy and everything's okay. Like we get it. There's things you go through that's hard and heavy. There's lots of disappointments probably that you're setting in right now. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. We don't want to be setting in it with you. We don't want to be the podcast that always comes with answers or here's leadership 101 or all these things that you can look at our past things as we've conquered some tough topics and we've talked about some tough things and we bring some encouragement, bring some challenge. We also want to be a podcast that is super vulnerable. And allowing us this space to let you know, okay, yeah, it would be wrong to sit in a spirit of disappointment for years. And some people do, but it's okay to allow that disappear, uh, disappointment to, for you to sit back and go, why am I disappointed? Let's get to the root of it. And it's okay to sit in that for a season. It's okay to feel those feelings. And eventually I'm going to have to address this. Hopefully it's sooner than later. Right. And I will give a challenge if it's okay. Yeah, go I know ahead. you just said we weren't going to. Oh, what are you, are you challenging me or are you challenging our audience? Just our audience right now. I think the most important thing is through your disappointment is that you have a safe space to mm-hmm. talk about your disappointment. Yeah. Because that internalized will just eat away at you. And so part, I think the first step is having someone you can reach out to, mm-hmm. talk to, share your disappointments with, and they're okay to contain that, to hear that, and it's a safe space for you. So if you don't have that, you need to find that, and you need to have someone in your life to talk about the disappointments. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes is the one of the most healing things is just it being is. able to talk about it. Yeah, and I'm glad that we just talked about this. And you know what? You might not be sitting in a, in a season of disappointment, or you might not have current disappointment right now in your life, but you just listened to two podcasts or two pastors in a mic talk about disappointments without any solutions and you might feel encouraged because you're not where we are. So kudos to you. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. And so I think we're going to wrap up there. Just remember you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it.